to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. And at that point, she was just, I didn't even know who she was anymore. Right. Yeah. She was just a completely different person to who she was when, you know, we grew up as kids and stuff. And it was really hard. And I still, I still feel like I haven't really dealt with that, you know. Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. Isla is Frankie's daughter. I wanted to speak to someone whose parents survived deep trauma. I wanted to hear what it was like to witness your mother become an addict, what impact this has on a child, and who they become because of it. Content warning, if you're suffering or triggered by the themes of this podcast, help services are listed in the show notes. Welcome, Isla, to the deep. Hello. (laughs) Why did you feel it was so important for Frankie to be heard? And um, who is she to you? Yeah, so um, she's my mum. And I just think that people would really benefit from hearing her story. You know, she's had some major struggles in her life. And I just also thought it would be a beautiful thing for her to be able to do to you know be able to speak to all these women around the world and share her story and maybe hopefully inspire someone and maybe have some closure Mm. as well you know and if everyone's like who is Frankie what are we talking about then pause this episode and go back to the episode from last week and you can hear Frankie's story in context. Throughout that interview, I asked her about her children and the impacts of her trauma and then her survival choices. And she was saying, you'd have to ask them. And so I thought, oh my God, I have to ask you. So let's start now. Mm. What was it like growing up with your mum wow when I think about my younger years growing up with my mum it's really it makes me emotional because there were so many amazing times with her honestly we had so much she gave us so much love that I never noticed anything wrong like I I always say to people like yeah I grew up with you know, my mum had addiction problems and, you know, I didn't grow up with having everything I ever wanted, but I always had a, a roof over my head and food in my stomach and 
unconditional love like she yeah she was so affectionate towards us and so loving and so caring like I say it wasn't really until I was older that things started to shift and I could notice it more what age was that and what were you noticing um so I'd say about maybe like from eight years old to maybe 12 years old is when I started to understand things that people would say more. Mm. So, for example, like we would go to my grandparents' house or something and they would say, you know, like, what are you doing with yourself? And to my mother, and, you know, an argument would start, you know, someone in particular would say, like, oh, just go back and do drugs or something like that. And at that age, I'm like, I know what drugs are because you're sort of taught in school and stuff, and, you know, just stay away from them and they're bad and whatnot. So I would hear these things and I would feel a little bit, like, embarrassed mm. that they were accusing my mum of doing things like that. Because in my eyes, she was still no different, but it was more the language that was surrounding me that started to change and I could understand it. So you didn't experience her under the influence and think, oh, mum's a bit different today? Thinking back now, I can see that. At the time, I didn't feel anything was different. But when I think back now, there were definitely moments, like times when I couldn't wake her up, you know, she just wouldn't wake up. Like I remember she was still breathing, but I used to think it was funny as a child because I'd think, oh, she's not waking up. Like, you know, how am I going to wake her up? Because she'd be in such deep sleeps from whatever she was taking in those times. And I remember like one day me and my brother, she was lying in bed and me and my brother would like pinching her nose to stop her from breathing to try and wake her up and like she still wouldn't wake up and then there were other times where I remember me and my cousin my mum was asleep outside um and we were trying to wake her up and she wouldn't wake up so we threw like a bucket of water on her to wake her up and she still didn't wake up like so it was things like that when I look back I'm like yeah wow she was pretty out of it Things like that would happen often. And who was looking after you then? Like if you wanted to eat or to to cook something on the stove or you wanted to go to a friend's house, like who were you guys just free range or? I did for a few years um, have a stepdad, um, Damon, who unfortunately passed away. Um but he would look after us as well. But I I think, I don't know the full story, but I think that he, you know, was using as well. But, and he was, a, he was definitely an alcoholic. Um, so he was definitely around. So when some, most of the times when mum was sort of in la-la land, I'd say, he was always there. And I had help from my grandparents as well. Um, but there were times when, it was just me and my brother 
you know, sort of doing things for ourselves. And I remember one time, like, she really wouldn't wake up. And it was such a nice day outside and I really wanted to do something. And I was like, she wouldn't wake up. So I was like, well, I left the house and I walked down to the shopping complex. And it probably would have been like a 15-minute walk. And they had like a McDonald's playground there. And I just went there. I probably would have been there for about three hours before. Yeah. And then she, I just see her car pull up and she was very angry at me. You know, like get in the car, don't ever leave the house like that again. But yeah, I just left the house by myself and went and played at the McDonald's playground. And I couldn't understand what I'd done wrong at that time either. Did you ever see her use? Did you ever catch her? I'd never walked in on her using, but I found things. So when she was more in the thick of things when I was a little bit older, so this is now I'm in my teenage years, um, was probably about 19 and this is when it probably affected me the most I would say um I would you know I would find pills and stuff around the house but you know they just to me look like prescription things so I didn't really care that much but then I would find like and she tried to hide things but I would still find them for some reason I, it's like I was pulled into that direction to find it, Mm. to get rid of it. Like something was, because they were in such random places. So it was like, I would find like, you know, bags of syringes and stuff like that, you know, unused, but I knew she was going to be using them. Or I would find, yeah, just, pills and stuff but it was when I would find the syringes it would really it really sorry for swearing but it would really fuck me up for days I would just be like wow like this is real she's really doing this she's really doing this yeah is your brother experiencing all of this with you so I was we were living at my grandparents like at this time when a lot of this stuff was happening so my mum had also moved into my grandparents as well, but my brother was living out of home. So we were extremely close and we would talk about these things, but I was sort of living in it. You know, I was living alongside with her um, because I was actually at university. And this makes me so emotional thinking about it, but Basically, I had to leave um, my studies to move back home and be there for my little brother and stuff. And just really upsets me because I was trying so hard to do better for myself and then I had to leave university, university to come home. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I'd moved back in with my grandparents and my mum was living there as well. And I had moved back home when it was at its worst point in my eyes anyway. So 
I was there for a lot of it and then mum um, found a house and she moved out with my little brother and then I moved in with her as well um, and at that point she was just I didn't even know who she was anymore like yeah she was just a completely different person to who she was when you know we grew up as kids and stuff and it was really hard and I still I still feel like I haven't really dealt with that you know um but yeah my brother was there for a lot of it as well but I feel like because I was living with her, I was seeing it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And how old was your little brother? At that time, he would have been like maybe five or six years old. So did you did you have to leave uni to care for him? In my mind, that's what I felt like I had to do. Just to be there, you know, I felt so helpless because I was living away from home. Like, I was about a six-hour drive away from home. So it's not like I could just come back all the time. I couldn't be there. So Mm -hmm. I felt like the best thing for it made as well to stop feeling so anxious about not being there was to leave school and come back home so what were those moments like for you that took you there like was it that she was she absent was she not would she did she sound different on the phone did your grandparents say you've got to come back we're worried like what was causing you to make this call to move back I didn't actually know that she was using again because in my eyes she because she she went to rehab when I was five so you know she missed my first day of school and all that kind of stuff she wasn't able to be there for that um so when she came out of rehab she I thought um, growing up getting a bit older like in the later years I didn't actually think that she was using I felt thought that she had stopped because she studied to be um, a counsellor as well. So I think there were years where she wasn't using or maybe just not using as much. So I didn't know that she was using when I was in uni. Um, I would come home some weekends and I, I still remember this conversation. This is what breaks my heart. Is I remember saying to my mum, like, oh, you know, Mum, I'm so proud of you. You're my hero because after everything that you've been through and, you know, you're starting to be a counsellor now, you know, I'm so proud of you. And at that time, I didn't know that she was using. But anyway, I would come home for the weekends and stuff like that. And then she was actually seeing this man, dating this man that, my boyfriend at the time, his mother actually introduced her to. Um, 
And I came home one weekend and I came home with um, some friends and no one was home. I was like, that's strange, no one's home. Anyway, so we're just hanging out and then her boyfriend at the time comes home and he says to me, what are you doing here? You're not allowed to be here. And I'm thinking, what do you mean? Like, this is my home. Will you tell I can't be here in my own home? And he said, your mum doesn't live here anymore. I'm like, what? Like, and he just sort of walked off in a half in the puff and blah, blah, blah. And then my uncle showed up as well. And then I was like, this is strange. Anyway, so they were both in the bedroom and I walked into the bedroom and I overheard them speaking. And her boyfriend at the time said, oh, she's just, you know, she's just out the gate. She's just... No one's going to be able to stop her now. She's she's gone too far or something along those lines. And I overheard and I walked in and I said, what do you guys mean? Like, is she using drugs? Because I was always so scared that that was going to happen. That was my worst fear was that she was going to relapse. And then, yeah, I heard that conversation. He said, like, you should speak to your mother. So I called her. And I just asked her, I said, are you using again? Because I've overheard a conversation. And then she started crying and she told me, she said, yeah, I'm so sorry I'm using again. And so I didn't actually have any signs that she was before that. It was just I heard that conversation. And then she told me she was. And apparently everyone knew, my brother knew, and I, no one wanted to tell me because they knew it would hurt me the most. So after that, I just started noticing things more and more, and I would come home for weekends and just, it was almost like as soon as I knew, she could come out of hiding. It was like things just, she changed completely. As soon as I found out, it just made, everything was made clear and, yeah, it was just so obvious at that point, you know. Was it as if she just surrendered into her drug addiction and yeah, wasn't hiding it really anymore because she'd revealed the truth? Yeah, that's how I felt, yeah. And is that when, was that around the time that you were like, I've got to come back because things aren't going to be okay for my little brother? Yeah. Because because she then had to move out of her, the house that they were living in because she separated with her boyfriend at the time. And so that's, yeah, that's when I decided I was going to go and move back home so I could be there for my little brother. That's a huge amount of pressure and responsibility to feel like you have to save your mum and your brother. Yeah. It was really hard, yeah. Uh, I was so lucky that I have my beautiful grandparents, you know, they're just, they're always there for us no matter what, so... I was so lucky to have that, and my older brother as well. Like we really, we were in it together. Do you remember when she told you 
about the incident that happened when she was 14? Yeah, I do. How old were you? I was 19 when she told me. So did she tell you when she was in this stage? Yeah. So like I said, I had to move back home. I, In my eyes, it really felt like I had no choice. So my mum drove down from my hometown and picked me up. And we had to pack up my house and everything that I was living in. And so then we had a six-hour drive on the way back. And when mum came and picked me up, she was obviously wasted. And I just remember feeling so embarrassed because, you know, all of my friends, they know no one knew anything about my what I was going through because I wouldn't tell people. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was clearly, you know, off her head. So I was just, I was so angry and embarrassed. So on the car ride home, we kind of got into a couple of arguments and, because I think I said something like, oh, I just wish you weren't like this, like, it's so embarrassing and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and she said, well, do you know why I'm like this? Like, do you even know what happened to me? Actually, I I knew parts of what happened. Like, I knew, like, small pieces of what happened, but I didn't know that the full extent of things. So on that car ride home, she basically just poured everything out to me and told me what happened to her. And I remember just sitting there and just crying and crying and crying and crying. But I still felt so angry and resentful towards her at that point. Even though she just told me that that you know her horrific past, I still felt like so, yeah, just so angry. I think when you're a child of an addict, you want to be reassured that you're worth more mm-hmm. than the addiction and the drugs, right? That that she loves you and she would try to make that true, but the addiction is a disease, right? In that moment, are you feeling like, yeah, this really horrific thing happened to you, but I'm your child and I need you to be a parent? That would be how I was feeling at that time. Because now you're stepping into parenting the parent. Yeah. And kind of from that, I always like subconsciously felt that way as well growing up. Like, like I say, I was just so attached to her and it was more like I was so worried about her all the time. I was such, I was so anxious as a child all the time, just constantly worried about where my mum was or, you know, why wasn't she out? you know, why is she out tonight or, and then stepping into my adult years, that became very true. Like I had to step up and 
I felt like I had to mother her and I miss, I felt like I missed out on that support <laughs> it almost sounds like even as a child there was an underlying knowing that something was happening that was sparking this anxiety like you yeah. wanting to protect her from something that you didn't know what it was yeah I think that's true as well yeah I don't know I'm just trying to read between the lines but yeah it feels like you know that anxiety that comes with yeah. a child is it has to be born from something you know yeah I think I definitely like thinking back at this age to when I was younger like I definitely inside knew that something was wrong but like surface level like I didn't really think about it too much you know because I had my own worries I was worried about getting that Barbie doll that I wanted or you know wanting to go hang out with my cousins and all that kind of stuff but it's like I inside I just knew because I was so worried about her all the time yeah have you been repulsed by drugs or have you been drawn to drugs because of your experience with your mum? It's an interesting question because there I don't think I've been repulsed by drugs. There are definitely drugs that I would never, ever, ever touch in my life. But I've definitely, like, dabbled in, in stuff myself, just, you know, like, party drugs and stuff, and I haven't found felt like I've ever had an issue with them myself. But, yeah, it's an interesting question, actually. Because mm. I, I remember your mum saying she tried meth, Mm. and it was just all over like mm. for her and and is that one of the ones that you were like I would never yeah touch yeah that that drug that definitely repulses me I mean this is really a difficult question for you mm-hmm. okay. but do you feel like her eating disorder and her addictions saved her or do you think it just numbed her Mm. I think it definitely just numbed her since she's been clean have you had the opportunity to talk to her again about her trauma not really, to be honest. You know, we've touched on things, especially with having her speak on this platform as well. It has been brought up a little bit, but, yeah, we haven't actually spoken about what happened to her and her trauma and everything that, you know, we went through as kids. 
we haven't actually had that opportunity to speak to her about it again, really. Have you shared with her the impacts of her drug addiction on you? I did have the opportunity when she was in rehab the last time. Um, But since she's been clean, it's almost like it's just, it's just, we just don't talk about it. It's like, in my mind, I don't know how she feels, but in my mind, it's like, feels like, okay, that's the past and she doesn't want to focus on the past and stuff, which is great. She wants to move forward, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that we haven't dealt with as well and spoken to each other about because I'm still holding on to a lot of pain, I think, from it all. So, yeah. Do you want to talk to her about it? I do, yeah. I definitely do. I just... um it's just so hard to talk to her about it because I know it's going to be like a really emotional time and I'm, I can't see my family at the moment so I can't go home and I would love to speak to her in person but I just can't right now so yeah but I would like to. That makes things even more painful, COVID separating you. Yeah. I feel like she's really, and I don't want to speak for her at all, but from our conversation, I feel like she's really willing um, to have that moment with you. And I think that it would be incredibly painful for you both, but so healing, you know, for, for her to hear the impact on you, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think I, I think both of us need it as well because <laughs> we had such a good relationship for a long time and then um, we do have a great relationship now again but I think after everything that happened in my teenage years and stuff it sort of just it changed things yeah definitely. yeah has it changed you as a person yeah a hundred percent and I think I actually think for the better um as much as it's painful the things I went through I almost feel blessed in a way because now I feel like I can understand people more and their struggles and their pain I can empathize with people and yeah so I think it's made me a stronger person for sure more resilient and so as much as it's painful I still wouldn't change change my experiences Is there any part of you that worries that she could go back there? I honestly worry about it every day. 
<laughs> Sorry, I haven't said that to anyone. <laughs> um, some nights I even, you know, lay in bed and I cry because I'm still so worried about her, even though I know she's in such a good place. It's like I'm constantly looking out for any little signs that she may be using again, whether it be the tone of her voice or the glaze in her eyes or just small things. I worry about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, so definitely worries me. It sounds like I just heard your heart break. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that would honestly be the worst thing to ever happen to me if that was to happen again. <laughs> like, it's my worst fear. You don't think that you could do it again? I just, I don't want to do it again. I know I'm strong enough to go through it again, and but I don't want to do it again. I don't want my family to go through that. I don't want to go through that. I don't want my little brother to even have any clue that she went through any of that, you know? How old is he now? He's 11 now. And he is such a mama's boy, you know? He loves mum to pieces. I just really don't want him to have to go through the things that we've had to go through. And he's also too young to to know like for you to share or to yeah yeah he's like if I was to ask him like you know do you remember these things happened how did that make you feel I don't know if that would trigger anything for him you know subconsciously or I just yeah it's a tricky really tricky one with with him your mum did say something about him being almost like she's got another child to stay clean for that's too little yeah. again or, or another chance to do it right. Yeah. She has said that before. She said he's a little like angel baby, you know, and he saved her. And I don't know how she was in those earlier years when he before he was born I don't know if she was using or what I still have no clue our final question which you would know because you've heard every episode (laughs) (laughs) is who are you when no one's watching and who am I when no one's watching I think when no one's watching, I'm really hard on myself. And, um, yeah, just so self-critical. and Which I'm not like that around people. I'm quite a confident person and kind and caring. And, but when no one's watching, I'm by myself. I don't treat myself the same way I treat others, so... Yeah, I would say just so hard on myself. (laughs) Yeah. 
Thank you so much for sharing with us things today you've never even told anybody else. I feel really um, grateful and honoured that you feel safe with us and the community here. And I also really appreciate you introducing me to your mum, who is such an incredible woman. Mm. And I hope for lots of healing between the two of you. And I hope that maybe you listening to each other's episodes will be a bridge that can help mend or start conversation for you both too. I hope so too. (laughs) Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's the Deep. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting, it's quirky, it's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.